Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Can I tell you both about a good TV show that I watched last night? Yeah. I'm trying to not start off by talking about how we're all trapped in our homes. Yeah. <laughs> I, but, but, it got to me enough last night that I got to the point where I tried to curl my hair with the belt of my robe because TikTok told me that would work. Well, that's just something that, that kids like you just do for fun, though, right? That That's not just because of that. Yeah. Did it? No. Okay. Just in case you were going to try yourself. Yeah, I watch a lot of life hack videos uh-huh. and um, also food prank videos. Not by choice, by force. Yes. From my five-year-old. <laughs> you can say from your husband, but okay. Uh, and I, I, my favorite is they had one for parents. And we sat there like like life hacks for kids, for raising kids. And Justin and I watched it with the girls and just sat there going, no, that one, that's stupid. That would never work. That's ridiculous. You've never had kids. <laughs> a lot of them were just variations on put your kid in a box and give them markers. to me that's the impression i've always had of what parenting is i mean if you get a big enough box that they they can't get up the sides that yeah it's just applied gerbil logic to a child right yeah this is what i will tell you about children you think like oh they want to draw all over everything i'll put them in this big cardboard box and hand them a bunch of markers and then they can go wild Uh, like uh, we have a playhouse on our back deck Mm -hmm. and i handed them markers and stickers and glitter and glue and said decorate your playhouse i don't care i mean it's plastic playhouse put whatever you want on this thing it's yours make it your own i would have thought that would be the afternoon that sounds like a I, fun afternoon to me. Like now. Yeah. <laughs> I would say maybe 10 minutes, maybe. And that might be generous. That they were totally into this. And then it was like, can we draw on the deck? No. Can we draw on the house? No. Can we draw on each other? I'd rather you not. Can we draw on you? How about our clothes? Let's go inside and draw on the walls. No, why is this not good enough? <laughs> <laughs> I gave you what you wanted. This is You have this entire pretend house. You can draw. Nope. Not enough. And they want to draw the thing they're not supposed to draw on, right? That's, that's exactly. <laughs> it's if you let the only way that the box trick works is if you put a box in the middle of the room and then say, "Whatever you do, don't draw on this box. <laughs> Certainly, don't get inside it where there are markers and draw on the inside of it no, for an no, hour. No. <laughs> for an hour while mommy watches some some TV or checks Twitter. <laughs> what good TV show did you watch? called dispatches from elsewhere okay okay have you heard of it no did you ever hear of a documentary called the institute no it was a very good documentary about this uh weird sort of like alternative reality game Mm -hmm. that people played in san francisco okay where like it was based on this the jejun institute and like you had to follow these directions there were puzzles all throughout the city and ready player one the novel is that what that is it's a book but this was a real thing well okay i mean like this like the documentary is real okay (laughs) but like this is the tv series based on that in which i think i think like it's i don't know i've only seen an episode but yeah i assume they're gonna suppose that what if it was real kind Mm -hmm. of thing or who knows they'll play with it i don't know what they're gonna do jason siegel is in it okay he helped create it i Mm -hmm. believe and then he stars in it. And we watched one episode re- last night, and it's very good. 
and I found it very, I, I, I don't know why, but I found it particularly like uplifting. That's um, good. And like, it had a lot of heart. It has like a tad of David Lynch, just like a hint. <laughs> just a hint uh, of Lynch. I like that. A hint of Lynch. It's, it's, it's supposed to like, it has a little bit of that, like, um, that strangeness, that, that uncanny valley thing that Lynch is so good at where like, it feels like this is almost a normal circumstance, but it obviously isn't, Yeah. but it feels so close to normal that for a second you think, am I the one who's abnormal? <laughs> is it, am, uh, am I the one who's wrong? <laughs> What's wrong with this situation that it feels off? Is it me and not this i don't know but it has a a touch of that which i really enjoy um i don't know i would i would highly recommend it as like at least based on the first episode yeah <laughs> i don't know what they're gonna do with it but it's uh the casting's really good it's just i i would i would recommend check it out yeah i feel like it's gonna have a lot of heart a lot of heart i need things like that right yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> i've just been turning on random YouTube videos and old Law & Order SVU episodes to have in the background while I play mm -hmm. Animal Crossing. That's pretty much just been all I've watched. I need anything right now. I saw that picture of Demi Moore and Bruce Willis in matching pajamas mm -hmm. because they're... Did you see that? No. They're sheltering in place together with their kids because, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're divorced. Right. But they're all together, yeah. I guess, so they can all be with the, with kids, the kids or whatever. And... I started crying. So I need help right now. <laughs> is what I'm saying. <laughs> I went, I, I picked up my phone and found Justin in the house and went, look, isn't that nice to be born? It's so nice that they still get along so well. And they're wearing matching pajamas. And then Justin said, go do anything. Please. <laughs> 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 this is just so nice. Oh, no. Nobody else is there? Is it just me? I'm not there yet. I think I think my loss of sanity is going in another direction. And it's not where I cry at all things. It's just where there is nothing that changes my emotion from any state other than just mm. existing. <laughs> just getting through every day. Uh, I think we're all we're all having some of that. You're switching yeah. to more of a, a survive than live kind mm -hmm. of yeah, my psyche exists in in my virtual island with a with a bunch of talking animals. <laughs> I, I, I was gonna say I, I I also started playing Animal Crossing and I kind of had to give myself like limited time that I'm allowed to do it because like I just don't want to really engage with the reality around me right now. But I have to yeah. when it's like, well, you you haven't like done your own dishes or clean or like cleaned your house or watered your own plants in several days or changed your clothes but your character has changed <laughs> their clothes so many times and has watered like their plants times. like every day really like let's try to animal crossing your life that's where i'm at psychologically i got up today i'm like all right we're just gonna have real life animal crossing we're gonna <laughs> finish tasks and clean things and make like food that we need to have for the week but it's like the game it's just like the game do things to take care of yourself taylor yeah. please <laughs> I, I feel like it's important before we get started on the, what we're actually talking about this week to let both of you know that I've gotten both of our parents addicted to Animal Crossing 
to the point where our father, who I have never seen play a video game seriously in my life, um, woke up before work the other day and said he was just going to play a little bit of Animal Crossing and then said he ended up leaving late for work and then came home for lunch and I was also home eating lunch and I was playing Animal Crossing and he pulled out the other Switch and sat there for an hour during his lunch break playing Animal Crossing <laughs> and then came home from work an hour early and said, well, I was, I was done for the day. And I said, did you come home to play Animal Crossing? And he said, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that, we're all getting there. <laughs> I, I know. I, I like that uh, mom was, was trying to get me to do whatever the link up thing. She was like, do you need anything? Like, what can I bring you? I'm like, oh, this is just going to be real life in the game. Mom's going to just yep. send... I saw these these boots and I thought of you and it's like oh thanks mom. <laughs> nope, that's totally true because yep. she sends Charlie things like she got her a snow cone maker. <laughs> hey, I sent Charlie a dress. It was well, good. I, it I'm made sure me think of her. It. it was a pink fairy dress. Aww. I'm sure she she loved it. She was very disappointed that the snow cone maker doesn't actually make snow cones. Yeah. Like you don't you can't get a snow cone out of it. Right. I think you can like turn it on, mm. but that's the one thing about Animal Crossing appliances they just turn on and just get anything out of it yeah it's very disappointing um taylor what are we actually talking about this week Uh, we are actually talking about um (laughs) said you you said you wanted something with a lot of heart what about a lot of hearts (laughs) (laughs) uh we're we're talking about invader zim um it it definitely has a lot of meat there's a lot of meat meat. yes there's meat (laughs) there's an episode all about mass organs uh the Invader Zim, uh, it was a cartoon on Nickelodeon. Uh, it started in 2001, right? Um, I believe that's right. And uh, it ran for just, just two seasons. Uh, and the second season was actually cut a little short. Um, it was uh, created by uh, Jonan Vasquez, uh, who was previously known for uh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac and Squee. Uh, like <laughs> comic books that were mainly sold in Hot Topic, um, and pretty dark. I mean, oh, I yeah. think that's important. If you if you can't tell from the title, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, uh, very dark stuff. To then have Nickelodeon say, "Hey, pitch us a kids show." Well, and I think a, lot, <laughs> a cartoon. There, there was definitely like a you know people slightly younger than us that their first exposure to his work was through Invader Zim and then you know you kind of did the the backtrack into into his comics but I loved his comics like I collected them issue by issue as they were coming out from the hot topic uh and I I I mean I don't know they're yeah they're they're definitely not for kids and I remember hearing that they were gonna that Nickelodeon was making a cartoon show with him and just thinking what how (laughs) I know it really it, it is looking back now I mean if at the time I don't think I realized how strange it was but yeah. that he created both of those things because I was of an age that like both of them were accessible to me mm-hmm. like Invader Zim was cool and I enjoyed it but also Johnny the Homicidal mm-hmm. Maniac because I was old enough to not be scarred by <laughs> yeah either <laughs> but but now as an adult I look and go how did that how was that a connection how did yeah, that happen I don't know I, I will say, Taylor, I believe you introduced me to Invader Zim when I was young. I, I mean, it first started when I was a year old, yeah. and I was not that young, but mm-hmm. I was fairly young, probably, I don't know, Charlie's age, five or six. Um, and I remember, because I rewatched it before we talked about it today, 
and I didn't remember a lot of the stuff in the episodes. I was like, how come the only thing I can remember is Gur? Yeah. That's the only thing I can remember. I think it's because you got me a little stuffed Gur, and then whenever you'd be watching it or be on it, you'd just say like, no, just just watch these parts. There's Gur. Just just watch these parts. <laughs> Don't watch the rest. Yeah, that's that is that is the. Uh, the Gur parts are very they're they're very sweet they're very digestible. Yeah. <laughs> like I had a little little plushie I was like oh he's so cute his his name's Gur okay that's good that's what this show is about yeah it, no. <laughs> the, I tell you not to not to dwell on this point but the hot topic connection for it all makes so much sense I feel like that is the that is where hot topic that's the like place it mm-hmm. fills in our culture is like here's some stuff for kids and also for adults and then it's all mixed in here together and i don't know good luck (laughs) yeah well that's always been hot topics like (laughs) is this okay (laughs) i mean because i don't think like that was definitely early 2000s like you know that was we we had the i don't think we didn't have a lot of like the cartoons that are definitely made for adults like when did adult swim start i feel like we're it's around this time that we had mm-hmm. adult swim like specific right. programming for cartoons like for adults but you know i feel like invader zim pushed that same envelope a little farther that shows like Rocco's Modern Life and Ren and Stimpy that like you know we were already kind of getting to that it just kind of took it the next step in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but still still somehow teetered on the side of, it's fine for kids to watch this. Which would, I don't know if it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think, but I think you're definitely right. Like that it, that model of Invader Zim, like were it to come out today, nobody would bat an eye. Yeah. It would make total sense because it was a cartoon and there were like enough, like kind of silly goofy things or like gross out things like the stuff that like you assume are more for kids Mm -hmm. there was plenty of that in there and it was about younger i mean zim is an alien but he is set amongst school children right you know so all of that speaks to children but it's there's obviously stuff in there for adults Mm -hmm. i mean it's very clear that there are jokes and beats and and notes that are only for older people in the room and I would say that there are many cartoons like that today. Yeah. I mean, when we watch... SpongeBob is like that. SpongeBob? SpongeBob is like that. (laughs) I was going to say Steven Universe. Steven (laughs) Universe also. I'm just saying, if you go back, it's like they put jokes in all cartoons, probably all of them, that are for the parents that are stuck in the room with the kids watching the cartoons. Like, I know you don't want to be watching this. This is for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even more so, like, not just, like, hidden jokes, like, for, yeah. I mean, I, I think you could make the, the case that Steven Universe is for all ages. Like, oh, yeah. it is not for, I mean, I, I mean, I don't mean it's not for kids. I mean, like, it's for everybody. Yeah. And I think Invader Zim was that one of first. the, yeah, yeah, one of the first cartoons that nudged that direction. It really opened that, that door. Yeah. I do think it's unique in, like, how it does it, though. Because a lot of the other media, it's stuff that tries to like, it, it does try to like say something bigger or say something deeper or make a, you know, like uh, get in touch with, with your emotions, uh, you know, make something like mm-hmm. emotionally relatable. Invader Zim does not care about that at all. Yeah, no. Like, <laughs> it is, the, it's, it's, it's like nihilist. It's like, you know, ev- everybody's an idiot. And 
everything is gross and it sucks and there's no meaning to anything. <laughs> and it's just, it's like not really, it doesn't really have any like high vantage point, any like agenda that it's trying to educate you on. It's just, it's just not afraid to be really uncomfortable and, and creepy and weird and yeah. kind of the stuff that kids aren't supposed to be exposed to. You know, nothing ever ties up in a little bow. There are so many episodes that end with the characters in horrible nightmarish scenarios and then it just resets in the next episode and everything's fine it's it's almost Mm -hmm. like an evolved looney tune in that sense like there's absolute chaotic violence (laughs) and then everybody's fine everything's fine (laughs) that's uh that's it yeah it's interesting because i wonder if that's just more reflective of that time period and like the the mindset the especially the american psyche at that period point in time um probably is is well reflected by by all of that as opposed to now when we do talk about more modern cartoons Mm -hmm. that like i also think about like apple and onion as like a modern cartoon that's there's so much about like working together and being friends and looking out for each other and taking care of each other that were not themes that were necessarily as prominent (laughs) in the early in the late 90s you know Mm -hmm. or early 2000s um, that I think are a lot more like embraced in our culture today. But that that kind of nihilism, that kind of just like, look at all these idiots. Nobody really cares about you. Yeah. I, I do not agree with that worldview, but I will say that it was quite prominent at that point yeah. in time. And I think that's, that is the same. Well, well, maybe they didn't have any of the, you know, any of the story of, of Johnny in Invader Zim, uh, the worldview of Johnny the Homicidal Maniac is exactly the same in Invader Zim. It is that just sort of, you know, because that was the thing with, with Johnny was it was just, I, I I have all those books and I reread uh, some of it in preparation for this. And I was like, man, I loved this. Like, I was obsessed with this. And this is so, it's hateful. It's angry. Like, it mm-hmm. is just hateful. It, like, just bitter work about just everybody's an idiot and I'm a monster and that's the story and it's funny like there's a lot of humor in it you know I'm not saying it's bad it's the work is great but like it is just so pitch black and really Vaderism is too there's no there's no moment of like oh but there's heart to these characters like I don't think there is is there (laughs) well but if I don't know did either of you watch the movie that came out more recently I didn't. No, I haven't seen that. Okay, that's because I don't want to. I mean, I, I guess it's you know we're talking about the old cartoon show. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, it's this. I I feel like they they made a they made the movie just this past or just last year I think and they definitely, uh, I that was clearly like of issue because the movie has heart. It has actual like you know what, Zim and Dib are actually both, they're kind of losers and they're kind of similar. And they both kind of have like these depressive states that they actually give some moment of pause to. And Dib's family, while they do, they do kind of ignore him and they're kind of hard on him, they do care about him. And like, there are a couple touching moments. Like, like uh, there was like, my, my teenage brain was like, oh no, they made it soft. But my like, <laughs> tired adult brain that wants things to be nice was like, oh, but that's nice. I'm I like seeing that Dib's sister actually cares about him. I like seeing that his dad actually is proud of him. Like, I like that. I I would be happy with a whole new season of Zim written by the people that wrote the movie, which the creator had a huge hand in. But even that, it's like the creator himself was, you know, voiced it, wrote it, like kind of, you know, 
oversaw the slight softening of the world that he created in his old, older mm-hmm. age. This is a uh, this is Gen X, right? This is what has happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's reflective of the aging of the key demographic of the show that you know existed as teenagers and young adults in two thousand one, and now is you know it is. I mean, it, it. I mean, nineteen years older. Technically, I guess I'm a millennial. Although I have said before, I I feel like I I identify with aspects of Gen X just from when I came of age mm-hmm. and, and my thinking back then. But uh, that's definitely the same transition I know I've gone through was from like, I loved how pitch black and, and like, so just angsty and um, a little like arrogant, that kind of yeah. humor yeah. was back then. Like I, I really found that attractive to me, like mm-hmm. that whole worldview and now I, I do not feel that way at all. <laughs> I just want, I want to see all those stories. Like I need to see that at the end, people do care. And at the end, people do love each other. And yeah. At the end, people do want to help out. And we all have the ability to be good. And I need that now. And so I, I think it, it's totally reflective of that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, it, and it's cool to see that like, even, you know, even with that layer added onto it, they still had the, the same kind of humor that was, that was always like, the best part of it you know there was the the darkness and the and the weirdness but like and the anger but the funny stuff was i think in retrospect the best part of invader zip was just how funny and weird the writing was um like that stays the same like the new movie preserves that completely i was so happy just to see like all right this is how this is how these this is written and it's great and it's so unique (laughs) It's a good reminder, too, that you can be funny and weird and not angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's all about, I mean, we talk a lot about, like, punching down versus yeah. punching up and all that kind of stuff. And, like, you don't, you can you can achieve humor without having to punch down. Right. Um, and that, I think that's nice to see that, re- that change reflected. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk some more about Invader Zim. And especially, I feel like there were so many things that we drew from it when we were younger like that we would quote and yes <laughs> like shaped what we thought was funny but before we do that let's check the group message what do we got this week on the group message well we have a sponsor this week in the group message. well i would assume that's kind of the the whole existence of the group message sydney i know you're you're really into this this brand this company wanna, i love these pants Yeah, you want to talk about these pants i want to talk about these pants all right beta brand pants now, th- I feel like Beta Brand dress pant yoga pants are perfect. Uh, they're perfect all the time. I already own them prior to us ever being uh, sponsored by Beta Brand. I love mm-hmm. these dress pant yoga pants for work. They were good for me because um, I would get home and I could go straight into like playing with the kids and everything because they're stretchable, they're comfortable, they're they're wearable all day long, and they look nice. So they look professional. I could go to work in them and I look like business Sid. Mm-hmm. And then I wear them home and I'm mom Sid. Comfy Sid. Comfy Sid. And they work they work for both. And uh right now, if you're working from home, it's getting dressed. Yeah, which a lot mm-hmm. of us are. Getting dressed and like putting on work clothes, it, it actually really helps to get you in the right mindset mm-hmm. to like do work. Uh and Beta Brands dress pant yoga pants are perfect for that because they're just as comfortable as those sweatpants that you don't want to take off right now. Um, but they look great and they feel great and you're going to feel more like you're, you know, in work mode. So mm-hmm. they're, they're really perfect for that right now. 
Um, they combine customer experience with their expertise to make workwear that's functional, comfortable, as inspiring as your favorite workout gear. And their customer favorite dress paint yoga pants are made of wrinkle-resistant stretch knit fabric, making them perfect for long work days or working from home, mm-hmm. like many of us are right now. And I, I, I really, I can't, I can't sing their praises enough. I, I found these pants from a bunch of other doctor moms uh, on the internet who were talking about how great they were, mm-hmm. and I believed them, and I bought them, and they were totally right. And I would recommend you do it too. So she loves these pants. I love these pants. Taylor, tell our listeners how they can get these pants well, right now. You can get twenty five percent off your first order. You just have to go to betabrand.com/buffering. That's twenty five percent off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com/buffering. Find out why women are ditching typical work pants for Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants. Go to betabrand.com slash buffering for 25% off. So, Tay, as I was re-watching, it just, it, it hit me how many things, like, I how many times do you think we sang the Doom oh song? Oh my gosh. <laughs> when we were song. kids. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> That's a really good girl. That's very good girl. That's a very good girl. <laughs> my few skills in life. Uh, <laughs> I was. Did you did you read about how he found the voice of Gur? No. I was reading about about the show in preparation for this episode, mm-hmm. and basically the whole idea was we want somebody who's very bad at this <laughs> to be Gur because Gur, of course, is like a broken robot. Yeah. That they give Zim because. In, in case you're not familiar, I guess we should have oh, said that. In case you're not familiar with the premise of Invader Zim. <laughs> talking about aliens and robots. What is this? Yeah. He's sort of like, he's like a bad invader. He is an invader alien, but he's bad at it. And so the boss aliens, the almighty tallest, do not want to send him out on any like conquering missions because he's, you know, kind of a screw up. He's bad at it. Um, but so they, they basically send him to nowhere in space except accidentally it ends up being earth Mm -hmm. and the robot buddy they give him instead of like one of the high tech helpful robots that everybody else gets is like broken and messed up Gur. yeah yes because they're supposed to be not Gur. they're supposed to be sir is that what it is no because it i don't think it's it's, you don't know what the g stands for no Uh. sir is that right Oh, we ju- I just watched it. Anyway, it's a broken robot, and so they wanted him to have, like, they wanted the even the voice actor to not be a professional voice actor yeah. who would be trying to do too much. That's very good. They, they wanted it to sound kind of, like, accidental. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was where the voice... And, like, initially they had to, like, make him more high-pitched and stuff, but he got better at just doing the voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still has that, like, metallic kind yeah. of quality to it. But I thought that was really funny, because it, it does... Uh, Does sound like that. Along those lines, they originally did you find the name? No, no, no. Along those lines, they originally had Mark Hamill as Zim. Wait, really? Really? But that's Mm -hmm. not who does it. No, that was he. He was like the first choice, and in his initial reads, um, Jonan Vasquez thought it was too. It was just it was Mark Hamill, right? Yeah. So and and they he wanted something that was totally different. Because I forget whoever they went to next was already one of the leads in Futurama, I believe, and oh. so and so they didn't want him either. Like they, he wanted somebody who would sound completely different from anybody else who was wow 
on TV. They did. They, he wanted to make sure this was a unique voice for uh, Sam. Just, just to confirm, said you were right. It, it was a sir for a standard issue information retrieval. So the information retrieval is still there. <laughs> Who knows what the G is? <laughs> information <laughs> retrieval. Uh, Give information. Yeah, you know, I, I like that because I do think the voice acting is is something that really. I mean, there's so much good about the show, the design, like the color palette, but the, the voice acting is so unique. Like the specifically the, the leads, Gerd, Dib, and Zim, just have such mm-hmm. just unique. I don't, I don't know. Like I can't imagine those voices being any other characters. And I think, I think it speaks to that. Like so, when when Joan and Vasquez pitched it, uh, according to what I had read about it, he really didn't think Nickelodeon would go for it. He was just like, here, here's kind of what I want to do. He, he initially was going to pitch like something like Mork and Mindy, like a friendly, friendly <laughs> alien antic kind okay. of show. Um, and then he went for this kind of darker thing. And Nickelodeon was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> he was like, really? OK. So he had a very specific vision for everything and and wanted it realized. Just, I mean, if you're going to let me do it, I want to mm-hmm. do it my way. Yeah. And so that's the, that's how it led to these specific actors. Um, Because they didn't, I read that they didn't really like Dib as a character initially. They thought he was too boring. (laughs) And so he worked really hard to make Dib not boring. That's part of why his head's so big. Just the names alone of this show and the character designs. You got Dib, Zim, and Gurk. Well, and then like, (laughs) this is like, yeah, that's the show. Gaz and Professor Membrane. Uh And and the designs, like you can't. Tack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you really can't, like, there's just cool like world building in this the way that the city mm-hmm. looks the way that the buildings are designed i mean and yeah and every character has like it's kind of like that cartoony 101 like an iconic outline like you know mm-hmm. you would know who the character is by looking at the shadow i mean that you know for for as much as it was kind of you know it was like a very trendy show to like there was a lot of merchandise around it you know it all kind of the catchphrases were what everybody loved about it. But when you really got into the meat, the meaty, meaty, meatiness of this show, meat. it was just so unique from anything else. Like, I was, there's one episode um, that I watched, I was rewatching recently, and uh, uh, it's the planet. Uh, it's like a planet snatching episode where like these, you know, alien, uh, these this other kind of alien comes in and they like put this uh, field around the planet. So it looks like the night sky, but then they steal your planet and it's so they can whip it into their dying sun and keep their sun alive. And I mean, the premise, it's just good sci-fi writing. Like it's in the, mm-hmm. it is good sci-fi yeah, writing. Like there's a lot where it's just like, that's just, it's just a cool, it's a cool plot. It's unique. It doesn't feel like it's just, you know, regurgitated the same stuff over and over again. So many of the episodes had like an entirely different, like feel to them than every other one. It wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just r- down to like, Oh, silly voices and funny, like, you know, <laughs> girl dancing around with a taco. Like there is so much more going on in the background that was just like smart design. And, and it really like the sense of humor, we talked about how it could be dark, but there also were like jokes that I, again, I feel like are echoed were echoed throughout like cartoons made for adults to come in that first episode when Dib is trying to tell everybody that Zim is an alien, mm-hmm. which is like the joke, right? <laughs> like he's obviously yeah. an alien. Dib is for some reason the only person who's aware, and they all think that it's just that Dib's off. Like right. it's not, 
it, but like no he he is an alien but he starts saying like look he's green he has no ears and everybody basically reads it's like you're making fun of him yeah how, that's so mean how, how could, could you make you <laughs> that, what he's that's such a good beat yeah he has no ears is that also part of your skin condition <laughs> yes yes <laughs> it's a perfect beat and then somebody says oh so is old kid an alien too and then they show what's clearly an old man sitting in the back of the room and he's like hello it's all old kid it's all just perfect like it's perfect beats um and that that kind of like I feel like you see you see echoes of that yeah. throughout cartoons to come. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I yeah I think I think that's great. And I, Taylor, to speak to the animation part of it, I you would probably understand this a lot better than I would. I was reading about like that attention to detail they had, and they said that um, in an average episode of an eleven minute TV show like a cartoon, there were usually around eighty to one twenty pages of storyboards per episode. But Invader Zim had 250 to 350. <laughs> well, because wow. it was incredibly detailed, yeah. like every movement, everything, every single. And you can tell, like, even in the background, everything mm-hmm. is right. very specific. And that, that was one of those things that, you know, I, I loved going back all the way to the comic books, like the, the uh, Johnny Thumbs Automaniac and everything, because. Like Yonin would fill a page with so much stuff in the gutters and in the backgrounds. And it was like, it was all drawn in this sort of felt like it was all drawn with a Sharpie. I don't know if it actually was, but like just stark black and white. But he would just fill in so many little jokes and weirdness. And like, and I loved that, like that just, you know, obsessive, like fill the space, not just with comic book standard. This is a bed and this is a house. It's just like, nope, everything has been like, thought about and kind of twisted and weird and the show definitely has that same quality of just like the thought went into everything thought went into like the posters on the wall and like the weird layout of the house like i don't know i love that i love that so much Mm -hmm. i i have often thought i've seen echoes of that in your own artwork tay (laughs) well i you know absolutely i mean i i remember when i was first starting uh cartooning school and everybody had, people came in with their influences, like, oh, you know, I love Will Eisner, I love, you know, uh, Eddie Campbell, I, I, I love, you know, Peter Bagg, like, all these, like, important figures in the scene in comic books, be it indie or mainstream. And I'm like, I don't know, I like Sailor Moon and Invader Zim, and I gotta find a way to make these two things my aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> like every teacher was like how did you get here no read something i'm like i did i read jordan vasquez a lot <laughs> sailor moon that's it that's all i read and i watched sailor moon i watched invaders I in. them a lot <laughs> and i still now i think when you look at my work and i tell you that those were my two biggest influences it kind of goes oh i get yeah. it yeah i can see that yeah yeah, it is. And no, it is. Yeah. It very much is a, a mesh of those things. It yeah. wouldn't work, but and I don't know if it's working, but it's what I do. <laughs> the magic girl who's also a homicidal it, maniac. That's exactly that's your yeah, aesthetic. Yeah, yes. That's kind of it. That's that Taylor's aesthetic. Uh, um, Tay, do you have a favorite episode of all yeah, time of the Invaders Gym? Gosh, I, I do. Um, I think it's the episode that uh, it's a lot of people's favorites. And I think it's because I, I mean, um more than sci-fi I'm, I'm i love horror like and i love like horror tropes good horror bad horror all horror and 
the episode Dark Harvest, uh, which is one of the most disturbing episodes of Invader Zim, uh, <laughs> is easily my favorite because it's set up like a horror movie. Um, mm-hmm. the, the premise is basically uh, Zim has head pigeons, which seems to just be a pigeon is, is on your head. That's the disease. Um, and mm-hmm. so uh, he's at school and then the teacher sends him to the nurse's office to get his head pigeons looked at. And uh, Dib points out to him that when he gets to the nurse's office, they'll check him and they'll see that he his internal anatomy isn't human. And then he'll be uh, he'll be found out as an alien. So to to <laughs> deal with this dilemma, Zim steals and eats, swallows, eats other yeah. children's organs and replaces their organs with random objects. <laughs> and like they yes. They they do not shy away from like the body horror of this like setup. Like you see the kids like you know that are missing like spines like slumped over on the table and like writhing in pain. Like it is <laughs> and the, and the uh as Zim like like you know sneaks around the school stealing organs Dib is caught on to his plan. He's, like, trying to protect the one healthy kid remaining. Um, and uh, as Zim is about to pounce on somebody, you hear the cooing of a pigeon. It's like the, oh, no, like, he's got you. The, the pigeon. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the head pigeon. <laughs> and, and, it, and it culminates in, like, you know, Dib confronting Zim. And at this point, Zim is just this, just, just this massive blob of organs. And at one point, like, he's talking to Dib and he, like, coughs up like a, a large intestine that like rolls out of his mouth and like oh. leaks intestine juice on the ground before he slurps it back up like a spaghetti doodle. It is so gross <laughs> and disturbing and just like the epitome of everything that I loved about Invader Zim. It's so weird to me because I read about that episode that it was two things. They changed the other episode that it was supposed to be aired with initially because they were both dark and disturbing episodes and they just wanted to like mix it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Not like kids can't see this. It's just like, well, we only want them to see 11 Let's minutes it at a time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was one. And they also changed the title because they thought the title was too upsetting from the heart and lungs of Zim's darkness <laughs> to Dark Harvest. Dark Harvest. Which, like, I don't know that that makes it... That I don't know that upsetting. softens no, it. Yeah. Dark Harvest is a much more menacing and better title. Yeah. Uh, I, I like to think about a lot how cartoons would work if it was not a cartoon. It was, like, real people. <laughs> and this is one of those, like, plots that's just, like, that would just straight up be a horror movie if this was yes. no, no, that, Although there already is a Dark Harvest horror movie, so we yeah, can't call true, it that. Right. Well, that, and that was kind of, I mean, now like the, the body horror specifically in Invader Zim, um, I mean, there were truly frightening setups. Like Dark Harvest is definitely the one that I think was the most messed up. But then there's another one where um, to defeat Dib, Zim builds like this like time, like temporal displacement machine so he can send objects into the past and mm-hmm. his original goal is to send like a murder bot into the past and kill young Dib, and then he doesn't have to worry about Dib in the present. Um, and uh, he, for some reason, his murder bot isn't accepted by the machine, but Gurr's little squeezy piggy is like little pig. <laughs> like, little pig so he sends the pig into the past, and it replaces like first it replaces Dib's tricycle, so he's like in a horrible accident. 
and like you know then like he's using a levitation helmet and it's replaced by another pig so dib Dib is haunted by these pigs (laughs) that lead these horrible accidents but then present time dib keeps morphing into like a more injured version of himself like you know suddenly he has a hook for a hand and suddenly he has like an oxygen (laughs) machine and it's it's like you remember uh looper like that idea yeah. of somebody messing with you in the past and then you're slowly oh my god destroyed in the present. Yeah. That scene terrified me in Looper. But the thing is, that was what was happening. Like that idea was what Invader Zim did like a decade ago. And it was terrifying. That's... The idea that somebody's going to the past and it's causing you to like like have a terrible future. The, the setup, like, what's it, the same deal? Like, if that was a live action scenario, uh, obviously with the, the stuffed pigs, it's a little weird, but it's, it's terrifying. That's so much worse than the Back to the Future fading away from the photograph. Oh, like, yeah, <laughs> trope. Like you're just losing limbs, and and you know, like just it's a yeah. Uh, that yeah, that's and it makes sense when I, I was reading that um, he initially wanted to like kill off a lot more characters. And specifically, at some point, he planned on killing off Dib and just replacing him with another kid. <laughs> um, but I guess Nickelodeon had a pretty strict "we don't kill people" rule. Yeah. <laughs> we don't kill off kids. <laughs> we don't. We don't. Well, they were like, "We don't kill off characters," and he was like, "And so, like, they, I guess, throughout the series, like, anytime they had somebody who was supposed to have been dead, mm-hmm. they tried to like." soften it by like showing them or like having some little thing that would show like (laughs) see they're still alive or like no they're not really dead but like they had to but it was all like sarcastic because it was not the way the creators anybody involved in making the show wanted to do it they wanted there to be consequences and that Nickelodeon was like no 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 you you need to make it clear that no this is a kids yeah. show people but don't die can, Dib can't die you can still yeah but you see that in so many episodes there's one another god another horrifying body horror moment Zim ha, he which I think actually this is one of those that's interesting too because it touches on normal like high school middle school concerns but it does it in the weird Zim lens where a couple mm-hmm. of the kids are calling him weird because he doesn't have friends and he gets worried that maybe if people think I don't if people if I don't have friends they'll think I'm not human because humans have friends so I must acquire a friend <laughs> very very <laughs> relatable feeling there um yeah and, yeah uh-huh so he gets one of the loser kids to be his friend and the kid actually really you know is a really good friend to him it's a really sweet kid which quickly begins to annoy Zim after he's adequately proven to the other children that he has a friend. He's like, okay, friend, you're done. I don't need you anymore. But the kid won't go away. So Zim, and it's done in shadows, but you see what happens. He has this little machine rip out the child's eyeballs and replace them with these like cybernetic eyes that make the first living thing that he looks at like look like Zim so then he thinks that's his friend so the first thing the kid looks at is a squirrel so this kid goes and chases a squirrel up on top of a roof and then falls off and there's like an explosion and it's like oh the kid's dead and then like you hear a little voice like haha oh the kid like kind of make a comment it's like yeah but everything other than that little moment of voiceover suggests that this kid just died horribly yeah they they had that exact episode they rewrote several times because Nickelodeon kept nixing the end. it was terrible because he kept because he kept trying to kill the kid off in different ways, <laughs> and Nickelodeon kept saying no, no, not I that just either. Love no, imagining the meetings where he's like, just let me kill one kid, just one kid, and they're like, this is Nickelodeon. 
That's right. Yeah, he that that oh, was supposed man. to end very differently. It it did end very differently several times, yeah. and then no. But that was the that was the one that Nickelodeon went. Okay, we're we're actually you know chasing a squirrel off a roof. This is fine. Yeah. This one we're Which fine is, with. That's funny because it definitely feels like oh that kid is dead. But they just threw that yeah. little bit of voice in there to be like no he's fine. It's just yep. his girlfriend now. Yeah, don't worry. His eyeballs have still been no forcefully problems. removed. We're not gonna. That's fine. He <laughs> just can't. We're not going to touch that part. That's good. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, and I think we should briefly before we end talking about Invader Zim say that uh, if you'd heard the if you were a fan and you heard the rumor of the bloody girl, oh, right, right, right. there was an image that Joan and Vasquez drew of Gur all covered in blood and he really wanted to have it in an episode mm-hmm. is, is my understanding is it was just like he thought it was a great image and he needed to get it in there somewhere mm-hmm. and Nickelodeon was like no we don't want we don't want a character blood. spattered in blood <laughs> yeah <laughs> please actually that's not remember we're Nickelodeon it's still <laughs> yeah we continue it's to still Nickelodeon we continue even to be Nickelodeon. if it's Gur, who everybody loves it's fine right <laughs> right we can't we can't put blood all over him please and so he would like stick these little still it was never animated they were just like little still frames of bloody gur throughout various episodes <laughs> um but it was so fast like the question was like did anybody even register it and right i mean nickelodeon didn't even know about it until after the show was canceled <laughs> yeah. so it had nothing to do with the cancellation but you can find it if you image search bloody gur you can it's good to know you can i mean i don't think it's honestly it's not that disturbing right by, like it's gur yeah it's just it's gur with some red splotches uh, yeah well because yeah as to why it was canceled i remember there being a lot of those like uh rumors that it was because of disturbing content or it was too you know too too scary too messed up but it was actually just you know the usual stuff budget ratings like for as much as it performed yeah. after its end, it continued to perform well, and you know have kind of it lived on through its merchandising and everything. Um, it did Def- definitely developed like a cult yeah, following, yeah, absolutely. And now has a really good comic book out, actually. Full full circle now. Now Zim is, is oh. a, I think it's still being published. I bought new issues as of like a few few months ago, so I think it's still happening out there. Well, I would I would recommend it if you haven't seen it. Um, yeah, I, w- I would watch it. Yeah. yeah, thank you for bringing this tag. It was. I, I don't think Charlie is quite <laughs> ready for it. She was a little freaked out. Um, Cooper wasn't freaked out, but it couldn't. She uh, she wasn't following it close mm-hmm. enough. So She's I'm gonna too. I'm gonna give it another few years and try it out with Charlie yeah. again. But well, I enjoyed I, it. If, so yeah. I, I do think that you'll you'll appreciate mm-hmm. the uh, the movie, Riley. You would too. I, I, like the the movie on yeah. Netflix is it's really good. It's just so good. <laughs> Can you watch it for our listeners? Can you watch it if you've never seen Invader Zim? Can you just watch the Netflix uh, movie? Yeah, it has some throwbacks. Uh, there's some callbacks to the the sh- the show, but there's really no. I mean, it's set like it's time moves forward, and you know, the, it's supposed mm-hmm. to be happening a, a decade later than after the original one. No one's aged, but you know, uh, they they sure, give, right. they give the breakdown of the premise at the beginning. Um, and uh yeah it's i think it stands alone you you get more out of it if you've watched okay. the show before but i also think if that right if that total like nihilism like everybody is stupid in the world sucks completely turns you off the movie's a little bit more approachable because there is a bit of a a bit of a a framing of a bit of a softening to it that is nice yeah 
Maybe that's what we need. Yeah, right now. I think yeah. I think watch yeah. the the we movie. The show gets the show gets. Even I was watching it late at night last night. I'm like, oh no, I'm gonna have nightmares about Invader Zim. <laughs> I know it's dark. Yeah. Well, Riley. Yes, you're up next. Yes, I am. What what dark nihilistic cynical comedy have you brought to us? Animal Crossing. Oh, we're gonna do it. All right. <laughs> We're talking about Animal Crossing because mm-hmm. now Taylor is playing it. I have been playing it. Sydney has multiple ways of accessing it. it and multiple people in her household playing it. Yeah. Can I just be Charlie's character? That's fine. Okay. I just, I want to talk about Animal Crossing. <clears throat> Everyone's talking about Animal Crossing. I need to talk about it. All right. I'll finally figure out what the deal is with turnips and you people. Yes. Riley, just, just as a preview, because I think the event will be over the next time we talk. How do you feel about the bunny? Oh yeah, um, terrifying! <laughs> like terrifying. <laughs> I I I want to know what Zipper's whole deal is because I I think there's someone in that Zipper no. costume because he makes such a point of being like I'm not in a costume. By the way, I am just a bunny. No. But, oh yeah, oh. no. He's got a he's got a zipper. I was to gonna plug say the character's name is Zipper. It's right it's right there. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm scared. I, I feel now. bad. I think the yeah. bunny tried real hard to. No, nah, he tries real hard. Have you seen the video of if you try to take a picture and you go out of eye shot, he like relaxes and is like, oh, I can yeah, stop popping. I know. I, just, <laughs> I feel sad for him. So he put in this whole event yeah. and put buried all these eggs, hundreds of thousands of eggs in various places. So many eggs. All, all right, right. All next right. week. Next yeah. week. It will be all over right. by next week, but yes. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you both. Uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us. I hope you're all staying safe staying home as much as you possibly can mm-hmm. staying healthy washing your hands um all that all that good stuff yeah and and protecting us all and each other and uh in the meantime when you got extra time on your hands you should go to maximumfun.org and check out all the other podcasts on our network uh, that you are sure to enjoy you can tweet at us at stillbuff, and you can email us at still buffering at maximumfun.org which does work now so please feel free yes. to email us if you have suggestions or comments or thoughts or just feel like emailing us those are all fine reasons and thank you to the novellas for our theme song baby change mine this has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us i am riley smurl i'm sydney mcelroy and i'm taylor smurl i am still buffering and and i am too with this bunny it'll be a competition that's more terrifying invaders in <laughs> it's, a, it's a good competition actually the bunny kind of feels like it could be in both universes actually it does <laughs> oh my gosh we've unlocked it <laughs> <laughs>Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talking about albums by Prince, Joni Mitchell, and so much more. Yo, what's that show called again? Heat Rocks, deep dives into hot records. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.